Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week we focus on a person, historical event or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Croeso ear pothlediad HIV. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 tell, tell me, Sarah, what are we Welsh, speaking? Mate. Welsh. Are you still learning Welsh? I think anyone who's Welsh who just heard that would argue that I'm not really learning it at all. <laughs> no, I think they'd be pleased because it's there's not tons and tons of people that speak Welsh anymore, are there? No, and I don't think they'd say HIV because, you know, they've got their own alphabet but i haven't learned that yet are you genuinely still learning it sarah's been learning welsh for a while on duolingo yeah it's gonna be a while longer before i can have a proficient conversation but i'm, I'm actually quite impressed though that you said i'm assuming you did say welcome to the podcast and not jeff yeah. terrible and then you know. well yeah no <laughs> you'll never know is that well i won't to be honest because i won't be bothered to look it up but thank you for welcoming us how are you i'm very well how are you i'm giddy as a kipper sarah Right, Did we've it? been through this before. It's not an expression. You can't, well, you can use it, but get oh, it no. into everyone's vocabulary. Do people not know what that means? Why are kippers giddy? I don't know. I just am, Sarah. Look, at, oh, I don't know. Why are you a smarty pants? I am like, a smarty pants. You know what I mean? They're, these are quite like British sayings, aren't they? Like things like that. Okay. okay right. Okay. I get what you're saying now. I don't know why. Why, why are you giddy? Because, because I'm really excited about our guest today. Yeah. So, um, they were named an LGBT future leader. Oh, wait, no. Let me do that again. They were named LGBT. They were named in the list of future leaders um, for their eight. How do I say this? It's called I swear LG... to God, if you edit all of this out, I will be livid. 
Anyway, we have an LGBT hero who is also named a future leader in terms of LGBT heroes. And we're going to be talking a bit later in this episode to Topher Taylor, who may email me after hearing me try to explain this and be like, can you just not? Should we just not work together again? That was terrible. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Do you want to go home? I am. <laughs> it's over. Oh, I always forget. You know, <laughs> me too. You know what I mean, though. But yes. I'm very excited. I don't really have much news, to be honest, because, you know, obviously we're going to chat with Topher and um, I just think we just get going with that. Do we want to address who that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before we get into it, before we bring Topher in, Sarah, you tell them. We'll just say a big shout out to Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Sarah's sat in one of her son's rooms. I'm assuming it's one of your son's rooms and it's just not another area of your bedroom where you've got pictures (laughs) of Jamie Vardy up. (laughs) Just a little shrine to him. <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, she's had to descend into one of their bedrooms. So we've got this sort of shouty face of Jamie Vardy looking at us. I don't know what he's doing, but he's he's having a good old yell, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's ex- freely expressing himself. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if I said to you now, because we are talking to Tafer about sexual liberation. I wonder, what do you do if I went, uh, Jess, what gets me going? I quite like that. Maybe we should share more, Sarah. We've tried it before. We've talked about getting the blue light out and how sexy that makes it, you know, mopping ourselves down. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Mate, I actually think our guest this week would want us to be more sexually open. Yes. Well, those are my rules. There's no Jamie Vardy pictures. It's not happening. It's not happening. I'm going to tag Jamie Vardy in this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we get Topher in? Yes. Okay, so today we are speaking to someone that I have become a little bit obsessed with. I mean, it almost borders on stalking, if I'm honest. That's going to put you off working with us ever again. Uh, We are talking to Topher Taylor. Hi, thank you for having me. I feel very excited to have this chat. I really do, especially on the the back of HIV testing week. Absolutely. And we note your hoodie, lovely. We were talking about hoodies, weren't we, Jess, in our testing week? Yes, but Sarah, you need to remember that we're on a podcast, so let's explain what his... What, what Topher's hoodie says. So Topher is wearing a lovely eye test hoodie. So obviously yeah. we will put pictures out on Instagram and things like that and videos on TikTok, but just to let people know that are listening, it's a lovely eye test hoodie. Okay, Topher, don't be put off that I stalk you. It's all good. Oh, you are welcome to, please. <laughs> Everyone that stalks me is so boring. At least it's someone interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I mean, you are a legend. There's no other kind of description that I can come up with for you. Tell us about the work that you do. Basically, everything I do surrounds like sex and intimacy and sex education. So I am, I came in, I don't have a degree or anything like that. I came into the industry via retail. So I started working in sex shops when I was 18. And one of the reasons I was kind of led to it is just because I had not, I had really shit sex education. I knew nothing, Mm. especially like being queer. And I was in the Roman Catholic school and we didn't talk about gay sex and, and, so I, I was really fixated on sex. So I went into adult retail just as kind of really for me just to learn. It was more of like a, you know, like a mask for me to put on. Like I'm I'm here because I want to work. And really it's because I had no idea how to like have sex and stuff. Like anal and save anal and, you know, making smart decisions. So I started with that. I just kind of branched into sex education. I like contribute to a lot of shows and uh, podcasts. Gosh, I do so many different things. If I'm honest, I'm just a bit of an old slack. <laughs> that's going to be the strap line for the episode Topher. Yeah. just a bit of an old slag i mean i have to be honest I and mean, it's just i i really love sex I, I like the psychology of sex i like the physical act i like the um i like the way it it's like everyone's achilles heel in a way and i think that's a really interesting way to get to know people when i'm like big on communication so for me 
it satisfies me physically and psychologically. So it's just something I've kind of worked really hard to build a job out of. I would never think it, for getting sex education to go and work in a sex shop, but what a clever way of getting so much education, I bet. Yeah, if I, and it was so good because this was back, like it was, I started working in sex shops in like 2007, 2008. So Soho was still kind of, you know, kind of sketchy. It hadn't got quite trendy again yet. So I was working with a lot of sex workers and like escorts and strippers and like, like local, like different working girls of all different kind of backgrounds. And I learned so much from them because a lot of my education came from customers and also these working girls coming into the shop. I'd be like, why are they buying that? And then you'd have to try it because you, you're the sales assistant. You want to seem like you know what you're talking about. And really, I'm like, it's <laughs> like, so yeah, it was just, a, it was like, um, the best way to learn it was like on the ground, you know, again, putting your ear to the ground. And so we should do this, Jess. Let's go yeah. volunteer in a sex shop. You know what? I, I have said this. I, did, I, was, I was talking at Rosticon last year and I was like, you, I was like, the best thing I recommend to anyone in this industry, because when you're always doing the, the admin side and the writing side and you're never like, you lose a lot of that like face to face. And I'm a very like, react, I'm a communicator. Mm. So I like people in front of me. So like, I'm like going to a shift in a sex shop because it totally revitalizes your, and if you're working in sex ed, I mean, if you're thinking of it, even from like a data point of view, like you want to know what people are asking, right? Because yeah. I mean, that's the only way you're going to be good at your job because there's no point pushing out information that people don't care about. It has, it has to be relevant. Yeah. That's so, that's genius, to be honest. Um, it, it wasn't as calculated as that, but it just turns out that it was quite lucky that I started that way. But, you know, so a lot of my writing now comes from the place of all those questions people used to ask me behind the till because I kind mm. of, I'm, I'm aware of what people are most curious about, what people are most scared of, what people are most embarrassed of. And, Obviously, this is the HIV podcast. And as you know, Sarah and I work um, in an HIV charity and we have done for a really long time. And that's where a lot of our sort of conversations come from, all the things that we hear at our drop-in from our positive service users. So you're so yeah. right in that same way. You have that insider knowledge. Yeah. And it's, it helps you like be more like empathetic and can also like, because mm. I feel like with a lot of sex education that I see, a lot of it's very corny and a lot of it's like product driven. And like, I like sex toys. Obviously, I develop them for work. Like, it's part of my job. But I'm much more interested in like solving the problems behind people. Like, let's say someone's got a problem or like they can't come or condoms keep breaking with them or that this condoms keep slipping off and all this stuff. And you, you only learn from really knowing what, what the result to that is, what the solution to that is, which comes from product knowledge, which comes from people coming to you with the problems. So it's like a really productive circle. It really is. This is a good project model. I like this. So you're changing the narrative around sexual pleasure. You're helping people lose. I don't want to say Britishness. It's coyness because I think as a nation. I, I would say it's very British. Yeah. Because I feel like when you deal with American customers, you do know it's a little bit of a different. Like, it's very British to not want to address those problems because our cult, like in England, like even like we grew up from like carry on and oh, you know, you can't talk about that because that's saucy. And like, but so I kind of come at it more like, listen, does like, I mean, I'm a bit more vulgar with it. So maybe I'm a bit like, maybe this hurts your bum hole. Try this kind of, right. you know what I mean? Like, so I try to give keep that Britishness in like, in a little bit of the vulgarity and the childishness. Yeah. And, like, the, But then you just drop the solution right on them before they can ask you. But so you're really just getting to the crux of the matter, right? You're just like, yeah. right. Yeah, so much sex ed is so patronising. Personally, I think it's very patronising. I, I know how people my age will look at it and be like, why am I being spoken to like I'm a child? You know, some people just like, listen, this really, my dick doesn't work or 
I had this, I made this mistake, even like when it kind of like jumping down the line to like learning about HIV medication and pet, like pet, which was really my first window in. It came from working in the sex shops and getting to know sex workers because I, I wouldn't have known what pet was. So like I said, all, all my sex education knowledge came from that face-to-face retail environment. And that includes HIV education and like preventative measures and stuff and like really smart sex education, like protection. And Was HIV talked about much in the sex shop? Not really. It was more the people that, that is, there's some, you know, some amazing people that go around and I have so much respect for them. The people that, that represent the charities and the organizations and they hand out the flyers and they're constantly on the ground, like working with the sex workers, making sure these people are getting checked and doing the needle exchange and stuff like that. And it was really from them. And it was from the, those like independent workers. And it was, I always remember I, a few years into my career, I, I moved into a queer retail. A store called Clone Zone, and then we learned about PEP, which was you know post exposure. And I was like, "What the hell is that?" And they're like, "Oh, if you take this after exposure, you don't get HIV." And my mind was like blown. I'm like, "Why doesn't everyone on the planet know about this medicine?" Because this was, I think, I learned about it in 2009, mm-hmm. 2010, and maybe so, maybe it was 2011. Anyway, some a while ago. And I was like, "Why doesn't everyone on the planet know about this?" Because that to is me, just I like, how we you, feel. Yeah. What do you mean? There's this medication that can stop HIV. Like the, what, probably the, at that point, one of the most provocative topics HIV because it was still so scary. I guess. So true, though, isn't it? I think even now, the word hasn't got out there enough about prep or pep. Right. So when we test people and you ask them, they'll just look at you blankly, and you're like, "I don't." It's yeah. still in this day and age, we just haven't got those messages across. Yeah, um, I, I think so much of it is the fear. People don't want to be associated with their topics. I think that's why I respect you both so much because I know just from doing a few, just a few little videos on my side, the amount of people, like even when if I'd be on a dating app or something, it's someone be like, oh, do you, or like someone would be quite ignorant, maybe not into not needing to be like nasty. They're like, oh, have you got AIDS? Mm. I'm like, no, how can you watch a video where I'm talking about preventative measures? And your your brain equates that to I've got AIDS. I'm talking about the medication I take that would prevent me from getting HIV, yeah. which then do you know what I mean? So I feel like I, I really respect you both because I know what it's like to put yourself out there with this topic because it does come with a lot of stigma. People are like, well, why are you talking about that? Why is this on social media? Like, there's there's kids on social media and all this stuff, and the kid, but the kids need to know about it. That's the whole point. <laughs> Well, that's it. And it, 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 we wanted to make it sort of slightly less shocking, you know, because every time we hear about HIV, it's, you know, we bang about on it, about it all the time, but, you know, we're not big fans of the media and their headlines, you know, and this is where we hear about it. And it just needs, like you're saying, it needs to be on much more palatable platforms and in a much more normalized way in which we're having these conversations. As Sarah said, we really love what you do and, and how you talk about sex. And you you really are a bit of a revolutionary in what you're doing in how you're like, yeah, just talk to me. If you've got a problem with this, problem with that, we'll work it out. It's sort of, it is normalising sex and it, that's what we need to yeah. do, isn't it? This is, I, I wish, like, so I wish people saw more of what I do because like, so it's, this sounds very corny and I always say this, but it's so, it's very much an iceberg because I deal so much with discretion so like 99.5% of my work, you'll never see it because it's private interactions. It's product development. It's all behind non-disclosure agreements and all this stuff. And that includes my sex life and filming. Like so I do like porn content. And so much of that is behind NDAs as well. So like I wish people understood all of the work that I do because I think it looks very like colorful and fun on top. But like really it's a lot of, you know, you can't just go out there and work in this like with intimacy and 
encouraging medic the use of medication without being educated and not knowing what you're doing and not following protocol. And I wish people saw more of what I did, but maybe one day when yes. people are more liberal. Oh gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? I think all of us are striving for that day, aren't we? Yeah, when all social media is trying to stop it. I mean, I just I've just given up on trying to get organic reach at the minute, so I just kind of stick to my bread and butter, yeah. my ten to six work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's very yeah. No, we're the same, aren't we, Jess? Yeah, it's a a challenge. I think. Um, I mean, that's a lot of that is around kind of stigma, isn't it? With and especially, yeah. I think you know we're all on the same page again that there was so much negativity at the moment, government driven, media driven, um, associated with the LGBT community and associated with HIV. I mean, it feels like we're going back to the eighties. Tofu, you won't remember the eighties, but trust me, horrific. How do you keep motivated against that backdrop? How do you keep striving to do what you do? I think honestly, it's just more about for me, it's always empathy. Like, because mm. I know what it's like not to have that knowledge. And I know what it's like to experience really, like, both a really aggressive homophobia and really insidious homophobia. I've seen both. So I, feel, I always feel like just keep doing it because there's going to be someone out there who listens to this and it's going to help or they're going to read it. And it does, like, the, the amount of people I know, especially like a lot of men I know who publicly identify as straight. And I'm the reason they're on prep. I'm the reason they're getting tested. I'm the like, and I know that. And that's, I, I think because I'm genuinely interested in my industry, it always keeps me motivated. Because I'm not here for the. I'm, I know I dress up and always do the funnies. I'm not here for that side. I'm really here for the for the feedback and for the knowledge. And and I just I find it. I find sex fascinating. So I think that's what motivates me. Yeah. That like, and like that. And like I said, I am just a bit of an old tart. <laughs> It's true. Like, so it's like an organic interest and also a work interest. We're just in awe of what you do, to be honest. We'd love to get more sex educated, wouldn't you, Sarah? A bit late in the day for me, Jess, after you know, two kids. No, but I mean to <laughs> Never like, too late. Exactly. I mean, like, to, so that we could be having even more conversations with our service users because sex, we obviously took come at sex from a very, like, protection point of view. But I think... There's also the pleasure element, and that's really what you're a lot about, isn't it, Tofa? Like yeah. enjoying sex, and we shouldn't be ashamed to enjoy it. And I feel like for so long, there is that narrative of you know it's a bit shameful to to feel that way. You know? yeah. yeah, I feel like as well, like people really find it hard to like separate. Like you can you can go into something very educated and still have complete fun and be chaotic and you know like hedonism or whatever like it's fine that's why like when you talk about things like so how, how do we make smart educated decisions we do it by right i'm going to go out on friday and i'm probably going to be a bit of an old whore or whatever you, like, however you refer to yourself when you're in that chaotic section which i know a lot of queer people are you know we, we have these allocated weekends or evenings where like, i'm gonna have a crazy night tonight so you go right what am i gonna do number one am, am i on prep yeah i'm gonna take my prep or like um, am I HIV positive? Cool. Have I taken my pill? Like, am I, is my dose right? And then if like, am I using condoms? Am I using the right lube? All these little things. So that way, once you've got all that stuff covered, go and have fun. Like, so get, get the boring, the, I say it's boring. It's not, it's fascinating, but I guess for most people it is boring and get that stuff done. Then you can go out and have fun. It's almost like giving yourself permission, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just like enjoy yourself. Yeah, I think British people especially need that. Like, you need to grant yourself permission to have pleasure because we're so like. I mean, I'm raised in London, but I'm Irish. So I think my family a bit. Uh, we have a bit more of a like warm. I have more of like a warm, like jokey relationship with sex because of my Irish family. 
but I've got a British family who are very still freaked out about what I do for a living. So I feel like it's, I feel like it's, if, if you get the boring stuff out of the way, it is granting yourself permission because mm. it's almost justifying that behavior, that, which I think yes. a lot of people need. Yeah. They do. And then it removes all the embarrassment or the feelings of being ashamed. Yeah. Uh, which I think a lot of people have when it comes to sexual pleasure, if they have fetishes, for example, yes, because you, yeah. it's ingrained in all of us that that's, that's not the right way to be. You should keep that behind closed doors and you should never talk about it. But then you could turn on Channel 4 at 10 p.m. And what's the, what are the most viewed TV shows? You know, it's sexual pleasure, it's fetish, it's because people are fascinated. Yeah. But then they need the TV channels and mainstream media to give them permission. But then they'll open a newspaper the next day and laugh at it. So then it will just get stifled again. So it's a, it's a full-time job trying to be like a liberated <laughs> because you're constantly being reminded that you're like, you should be ashamed. And I think like with, especially for like queer people, especially like gay men, like we, people, so many people still live in that AIDS crisis mindset. So like, oh, well, like, I mean, I get it all the time. I mean, the number, probably the, other than homophobic comments, I think this, the, the other negative comment I'd always get is, oh, you're going to get AIDS. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I won't because I take prep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you'd watched my other videos, you'd know about that. But I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's so much stigma around like, like sexually liberated, like queer guys. That preparation beforehand is that, that could help so many people. You're blowing my mind. I'm literally here like, I can think of so many people that use our service that I'm going to share that with. Because like you're saying, I don't want uh, people to go out and feel bad about going out and having a chaotic weekend or evening or whatever they're doing. But like you're saying, if you're prepared, it's, yeah, I think that's a bit of a game changer, if I'm honest. Sort of in it real psychologically, it removes that guilt and that shame. Yeah. And like you're both saying, it gives you permission to let go, enjoy yourself because you know you're being safe like yeah, yeah. i feel like i feel like we're always battling this stoicness like oh well you it's it's wrong to want to go out and like have a gang bang or it's wrong to go out and have a one night stand well no it's not because you do you physically emotionally psychologically want to do it yeah you do and that's fine so let, let's let's just make sure you're covering the bases that could you know cut out risk like let, let's think about it from a risk prevention point of view so, right, I want to go out and be a whore this weekend. Cool. Have I taken my prep? Or like, if I'm positive already, have I taken my meds? Am I using the right condoms? Am I using the right lube to go with the right condoms? And then boom. Then then, it, then you're reducing your, your stress down and you can go and have fun. Some dickheads are always going to have something to say. And at some point, as a sexual person, you've got to learn to just try and let it go. It, especially in England and America, they're always going to have a problem with sexually liberal people. Because, like I said, we're still living in that post-AIDS crisis. Mind I mean, I mean, the AIDS crisis is still out there, obviously. But I mean, Western world, you know, people think post like seventies, eighties, nineties. They're like, oh no, you can't be sexually active because that's risky, and you're going to get disease, and you're going to be riddled. And it's like, well, I mean, I test, I take my pills, I do my thing. You saying there's always going to be some dickhead that has something to say is so true. We're currently running. Um, well, we do HIV testing, but we're, we're running a specific pilot um, for some certain local authorities currently. And we've had so many like anti-vaxxer comments saying, oh, my God, like, it's you know, you need to if you've had the jab, this is why. And I've boosted the posts on Facebook, obviously. I want them to reach certain areas. I want them to. That reach... is when you get the worst comments. Oh, it's in, honestly, in, it's, over. Oh. it's the worst. Oh. Every day Facebook it's like a battle. Worst, 
They think you're Bill Gates and Dolly Parton <laughs> trying to get everyone's <laughs> yes. data. Yeah, they honestly, put... we've had that. We have had someone literally writing underneath being like, they're stealing our DNA. And it's just like, Please. no, no. Please, I've shared my DNA with half of the men in London. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's out there already. Trust Good me. work, Topher. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Anyone that wants my DNA just needs to come to South London. Oh, now, I don't know if either of you, probably not because you've both got lives, saw a feature on uh, this morning, daytime TV show, a couple of weeks ago in the run-up to Valentine's Day. They did a feature on sex toys. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. That was Alex Fox. Yes, yeah. yes. And it was it was good, very interesting. But the comments that uh, were put on their social media after they'd aired that segment, mm-hmm. I think totally... Uh, highlight why we need people like you to have in the world so yes. comments like <laughs> I, um, I was taken aback at the last topic i'm no prude but i wonder does it appropriate for that time of day dermot seems uncomfortable he's one of the presenters <laughs> that's what she was worried about it's not that's me, what she's guys. worried about oh. it's not poor dermot poor dermot earning core of a million a year I yeah, bet exactly. that, I bet that morning was really stressful <laughs> for him once he got driven home in his Rolls royce <laughs> Another one said, "I left my lounge and went into my kitchen." <laughs> so, they so you, so you let off. the show get ratings anyway. So cool. Yeah, exactly. You left it yeah. turned on, but you just from a different room. Not, yeah, not ready to actually me. watch it. But it's like when you're watching horror film from behind a pillow, you know. Exactly like that. She didn't turn exactly. it on. Exactly. She, she still wanted to hear. She wanted that information. She just didn't want to look at it. She was like, "Guys, I left the room." So you know. Yes, it's like okay then. But with, with sex toys, people are so funny about it. But I feel like when when you look at the success of like back in the day, like Anne Summers parties, etc., it's because there was a need and a want for it. And there are so many like for me in my personal life, like I have so many cis female friends. Most of my friends, ninety nine percent of my friends are cis women. And like I would say back before I I really started to talk to them about toys and stuff, I would say seventy five percent of them hadn't had an orgasm through through sales so it's like th- th- these these things are important you know because i mean so like i know how many women watched this morning etc and you know like listen people are going to put the negative comments and stuff and i think it was really cool of alex to go on there and do that i really respect mm. alex but you know someone's going to hear that and it's going to change someone's life because yeah. i think that there are lots of people who feel like oh pleasure just probably isn't for me and maybe i just don't orgasm and i'm like we probably do you're just probably not doing it the right way or your partners may and the, again, it goes down to the Britishness. Everyone's scared to communicate. It's so true. A, a lot of that isn't. A lot of that comes from maybe not wanting to upset your partners and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do get it, and that's where my affectionate head comes in through work. So you try and develop these like sex guides that encourage communication in really gentle ways, emotionally intelligent ways. It's very it's, You've got to be so like calculating in how you write this stuff if you want it to be successful. And you. Test sex toys as well, don't you? Yeah. My first like foray into like writing, of course, it wasn't in like Vogue or like it was in like little magazines that used to go out in every sex shop and every gay sex club in London called QX Men. Mm. So I used to write sex toy reviews because I think they wanted to fill a page and I was some like desperate twink wanting to get into the magazine. So they were like, cool, let me just give them a page to shut them up. And it did really well. And off the back of that, like people used to reach out to me with sex problems and that on top of the sex um, shop work, kind of developed this career that now, like, I'm so, so grateful for. The reason I can pay my bills of a topic that I care about is because of 
the underground of the industry. It's all the underground magazines. It's all the people from the street and the work. So I'm really lucky that my work and my my career came from that really organic place. Because there's such a need for your there work. Is, and, yeah. and like you were saying, even more so in the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, like, look at the response. I mean, I saw loads and loads of tweets about this morning and I knew it would happen. Mm. And like, I think that was Alex doing it. Like, can you imagine if I had done it? Can you imagine that would have been, can you, I mean, we know what would have happened. I mean, it would have been horrific. I mean, I would have done it if I don't care. I don't care what people got to say about me. Because Alex approaches sex education in a really gentle, clearly communicated way. Mm. Like the way she communicates is almost not childlike, but it's talking to you and it's very, she simplifies things for people. Yeah. And it's really smart because it, it breaks down the way that products work in a way that is much more palatable. So you're not going like clit and goes up your ass. It's much more gentle language. And she's had huge success mm. with using that tone. But can you imagine if I was on there? <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah, so that goes, right up, that goes right up your gun. Like, like, <laughs> it would be amazing. Then we might see Dermot looking a bit uncomfortable. I'd want to be like a Joan Rivers and have to get removed of ITV daytime. Oh, drag it off. That would be amazing. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Oh, my dad. My dad would be so proud. <laughs> and we would be proud too, wouldn't we, Jess? <laughs> yeah, very. support it. Very. Yes. You're my people. <laughs> yes, we are definitely. I think the only other question that I had, Tafer, is how are you going to know when your work is done? Or is this lifelong work? I think it's lifelong because I feel like in the queer scene, the gay scene, however people refer to it, like I'm 34. So like I'm... To so many people, I'm I'm older now, like because it's such an ageist scene. Which I mean, is not a shock. I just, I mean, I'm a Madonna fan. I, I'm looking forward to getting older and playing with my looks and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to changing how I write as I get older and approaching things in different ways, maybe in more holistic ways. I and mean, then when things start to change in my body, like maybe when when I get older, maybe if my joints get more painful, maybe I have to use toys in a different way. And I'm really looking forward to writing about that but i'm just looking forward to exploring sex like you know like almost like age with me and let's 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 explore how things change together oh i hope we can work together forever see stalker behavior that is a story (laughs) she's like always forever promise like yeah creepy creepy bffs that's what we are now (laughs) that that would be amazing to do that to age i just think yeah it's it's just so unbelievably needed. And I think I just really hope that, like we were talking about, that even more of the mainstream shows, I really hope they work with you because the way you are about sex and sex education needs to just be so much more out there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I have a feeling they won't. But it's my, I mean, I, we'll see. I, I, I'd, I'd always be there, but I probably will be removed from air. <laughs> <laughs> Tafer, thank you so much. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I think we're definitely going to need to get Tafer on again, Sarah. Absolutely. I love Tafer Taylor. Is that his new theme tune? He should have his own theme tune. Absolutely. Not not one that you're singing. What? No, not one that you're singing. No, thanks. Uh, You're welcome, Tafer, me protecting you from Sarah and her crazy obsession with you. I think, as my BFF, he would want me to sing it. Can't just pronounce people your best friends. You keep doing that on this podcast. It's so creepy. I actually want him to come back on, Sarah. Stop scaring everyone. I can't help it. My love for him is just growing by the second. 
Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.